Hey, this is Matt Irwin, and you're listening to Music City Gold on Penalty Box Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to Music City Gold, part of the Penalty Box Radio Network. I'm Kyle, your host. With me, as always, because if I don't do this right, they will openly mock me on air for it, is Daniel and Matt. Hello. Hey, guys. If you have not been paying attention to the weather recently, Nashville had a snowpocalypse, and fortunately, we all survived. Kind of. Work was crazy. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. This has been a heck of a week. Um, For those who don't know, I work at Nissan, and I work... For basically, what I do is I <laughs> manage all of the parts uh, for inventory control, and um, logistically, it was a nightmare this week. So how bad? So uh, Tuesday we had like one driver for my containers to get pulled in, so it, it was a lot, but we made it through. Uh, we ended up canceling a couple of shifts too, um, but overall, we made it through, and whew, glad it's the weekend. Glad it is the weekend, so we can talk hockey and maybe play some board games later tonight. Oh yeah, I'm doing frisbee golf after this. It is going to be a fun day. But Matt doesn't have his hat on backwards. I so know. It's not Where's a fun your hat day. at, man? He forgot it because well, he's not used to getting up this. Yeah, early. It's, we're recording in the morning this time, so uh, not quite in full form yet. It was a time trying to get this set because we normally record on Tuesdays, but because the snow came through on Tuesday and nobody could get on the roads, we had to push it back Saturday. And we spent like an hour yesterday arguing with Matt, trying to get him, convince him to come over here and record today. Yeah, Matt works like this weird in-between shift, so he doesn't normally get up to like... We don't normally hear from Matt in our group text until <laughs> about 10.30 or 11. Yeah. So... Um, and then Daniel and I have been at work since like 6 o'clock and 7 o'clock respectively. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's pretty funny because you can tell when the hockey talk ramps up of about you know 11 because everyone's awake finally. Mm-hmm. So. so we'll say that I was not able to get out of my driveway all of Tuesday. I've got three roads I have to get to to get to the main road. And I was like, well, you know what? I can work from home because what I do for a living is I do email. And so I was like, you know what? I can just connect from uh, my house to my work network and I'm good. Spent the entire day in my pajamas and just worked. Nice. I did not. (laughs) (laughs) And you had to go into it. I went to work and was like freaking out and everything's burning down. So Yeah, I had to go in. You can't do surgery from home, so I had to go in. Can't remote log in for that? (laughs) Nope. Well, you know, hockey-wise, it's been a fantastic week for the Preds. A little bit of a slower schedule because we hit the bye week. Would have been a great time to record, but like again, the snow screwed all that up. So we got a couple games to go through. So first thing we're going to do, let's get into our stats for January so far. Guys, we are currently first in the Central with 60 points. Wow. We've got a record of 27-11-6, which is one of the best records we've had in a long time. Especially at this point in the year. Normally, this is where we kick it into gear. Yep. And I'm I'm just going to throw this out there. We're actually winning some overtime games now. And I remember at the start of the year, I said, if we could win the overtime games according to our win percentage, we would move up three to four spots in the Central just because of how tight it is. Guess how many spots we moved up since that wild card spot? Like four? Yep. I'm just saying that has been a huge factor of us getting just a few points because the Central is just, uh, I mean, we're stacked right now. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later with with the teams and how hot everyone's been. Well, going to the Central before we go to the conference and league as a whole, 
I made a comment on Twitter from the Music City Gold account. All the central teams are within nine points of each other from first to seventh. And all uh, positive goal differentials. We're the only division that has positive goal differentials with every single team. It is mind-boggling. You could basically have the NHL playoffs from the central right now. And I think they'd be fantastic. It's it's incredible how strong the central is, but so strong the fact that Chicago is last. Yeah, that kind of makes me a little happy inside. But at the same time, boy, Chicago's getting worried because now you're seeing other teams starting to get hot in the central, and they're looking at the playoff window. We're now in the second half of the season. You have less games to play. And then on top of it, those wild card spots are going to be brutal. I mean, you're you're looking at a, a scrum for those uh, last two, and I have I think both central teams are going to fill them. Just oh, yeah. looking at the Pacific, no. I and think, you know I what think team both teams are going to is really hot in the central right now? The Avalanche. They're on a roll. Yeah, they are. Actually, Matt, I think has some stats on this across the league as far as uh, some of the the hotter teams right now. Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, if you want to look at the central. The Colorado's certainly been hot. They've won their last eight in a row. That blows my mind. I think mind. that is the uh, the largest streak right it now is. in the NHL. It is. Then Calgary has won seven in a row. I think Colorado's a lot of their stuff has come from Nathan McKinnon. Now that he's out of Duchesne's shadow, he's really kind of opened up. That's uh, true. I mean, he's been kicking it this last two weeks or something, 17 points. It's, it's, it's insane how many points he's scoring right now. And it's kind of comical – how bad Ottawa's doing now after getting Duchesne. Yeah, it's, it's that team should that team shouldn't be that bad. I'm sorry. You I have, thought the bubble was going to burst this year. I did because I thought last year was almost like a Cinderella story for them. It was like there's no way Eric Carlson's back's got to be hurting because he's putting the whole team on his shoulders. But that ain't going to happen this year, and it's it's pretty evident it is not happening this year. Which is crazy considering how good Carlson is, and yeah. also you have top quality players like Duchesne now. It's it's going to be a struggle. Their goal differential right now is minus 35. Is that correct? Am I seeing that yeah. correct? Minus 35? Oh, my God. That's like third worst in the league. Yeah, they're sitting at next to bottom in the Atlantic Division right now. So that's a little different from last year for sure. Well, update on my bubble team playoff. Carolina <laughs> is bottom of the Metro. So. Looks like that's not going to happen. That bubble burst. Mm-hmm. It did, and it was so close. Man, crazy, crazy league-wide flops this year. I don't know if we'll mention uh, the Oilers later on in, <laughs> in our potential injury report list, but craziness right now. When you see teams like the Oilers, Ottawa, potential playoff teams are teams that made the playoffs last year, and they're at the bottom. Chicago, another one, looking mm-hmm. at the very bottom of the Central. That said, the very bottom of the Central might be midway or top in another division, but it's it's insane right now how the league is uh, arranged. So Yeah, looking at Chicago with their 50 points, they would be in the middle of the Pacific. They would be just shy of a uh, playoff spot for the Atlantic. And for the Metro, they would be probably towards the bottom. So it's crazy just how stacked it is. It makes you wonder. One thing I read online from ESPN was that we've got Seattle coming in into the league in a couple of years probably because they registered a ton of names. One of my personal favorites was the Seattle Kraken. No, hold on. We got to talk about this name list. Where, where, Where's this list that you sent us yesterday? 
Because, first of all, they could have crossed off at least 10 of them. Yeah, about every one of them. They're they're pretty terrible. First of all, release the Kraken. Pretty funny. The marketing would be great. Oh, I would buy a jersey immediately for that. Potential good logo. Yeah. So I think that's probably one of their more solid choices. But like, what was it? Sock eyes? I've got it right here. It's terrible. These are registered domains by the Seattle group, which is basically the ownership group that's trying to get an NHL team. Seattle Cougars. (laughs) That's too close to Panthers. No. Seattle Eagles. No, that's a football team. Seattle Emeralds. Why? Seattle Evergreens. Okay, I'm thinking of Florida a little bit. A little better. That's Everglades, first of all, Kyle. That's not Evergreens. They don't have Evergreens in Florida. Yeah, it's the first thing I thought about. It's okay. Ever, Evergreen's all right. I'm sorry. But that's, I don't know. It's kind of course, lame. Seattle Kraken, which we just talked about. Oh, you, skip, you skipped one. I'm getting there. Seattle Firebirds. There you go. It's a little better. That's a little better. It's a little, like, mythical, but. It's better than some of the other choices that he's about to get to. Go ahead. The Seattle Rainers. What the heck? Rainiers, first of all. Rainiers, it's whatever. For the mountain, Mount Rainier. But that said, mm, maybe. That's more local, but... Yeah, uh, it's like a local joke. I don't know. The Seattle Renegades. That doesn't make any sense. I've never heard of Renegades in Seattle. I've heard That's of not how Renegades any of this of works. Funk. I've heard, like, no, no, no. Seattle Sea Lions. What are we at, Disney or SeaWorld? I can't take these names seriously. They sound... I don't know. They sound like a, a roller derby team name. They just don't sound professional to me. No, they get better. Keep going. The Seattle Seals, which kind of remind me of the California Golden Seals. No. No. Then if you like fish, Seattle Sockeyes. <laughs> oh, my God. Sockeye salmon. Could you imagine that logo on a jersey? The Seattle Sockeye? No. <laughs> has a better ring to it than some of the other ones. Well, but. that's because it's S and S yeah. together. I, I do like that, but it's got that alliteration. Yeah, they could find, they could find some other S words that might fit them. I don't know. Well, if you want to get in touch with your ancestors, the Seattle totems. <laughs> no, I'm gonna pass on that. No, and the last one, well of a time, Seattle Wells. No, been done before. Sorry. Yeah, we need some. Some better names here. Some I can take seriously. Kraken. Release the Kraken. There's so many great marketing lines for that. At least they they could have fun with that. And potentially the logo would look cool. But I don't know. We'll yeah, see. so with the addition of Seattle possibly coming into it, that talk of realignment in the league, it was a really quick article. It just talked about it. I passed on to the guys. Some things I could get behind. One thing I couldn't get behind was moving Detroit back to the Western Conference after they were promised they were going to stay east. Well, they realigned to begin with to put uh, Detroit back in the east because their uh, travel ratio was the was the highest. So they realigned it just for Detroit. But wasn't this just like a fan theory that somebody had created? During, yeah. during, wasn't it during bye week? So people yeah, got bored. It was like whatever. It was interesting because I think it was Patrick Gain who said that um, – Something about Nashville would be realigned as well. Was that right? Yeah, put Nashville East. We but, put in the East, and it would have been like us in Tampa right. would have been destroying people in that division. Like there wouldn't have been uh, – just looking at the re- the realignment, if it happened in the next two years, looking at players that would still be on our team and also the Lightning, that league would th- – that whole division would be the Lightning and the Predator show. And, and don't then, forget the Capitals because they were going to be part of it too. 
Uh, were they not up north nope. with the other ones? They were put down south. That's interesting because I feel like that's more travel time for them. So that would put them at a, a disadvantage, really. I got to find that article. Keep, well, while you're going. back and while you're looking that up, I'll mention the thing about Patrick Kane. They asked him about it, and he had said, well, because it would re- realign, like you said, Detroit would be back in the West and Nashville would be sent east. And he kind of commented, it. he said, it would be nice because of the history between Detroit and Chicago to have that back again because they the fans kind of miss that, the diehard, you know, old school fans. That's that's a great rivalry. But he said, you know, I'm honestly kind of enjoying the rivalry that's budding between Nashville and Chicago, uh, just the new rivalry there. So I'm going to miss, if they do that, I would miss that. But it would be fun at the same time to have Detroit back as well. Oh, yeah, it'd be fun. Like, I like the Chicago-Nashville rivalry because when you tell that, it's been building for years. It's slowly becoming a natural rivalry because we're just so close to each other. Uh, yeah, and Detroit was kind of the bad boy on the block for a while, yeah. and then that was the problem because they were in the Central, so they formed all these rivalries with Central Division teams. You had the Chicago Red Wings rivalry. You had the Detroit and the Nashville one that kind of started towards the end because we, we modeled our team after them. I mean, we really did. And everybody here is from Michigan. And everyone here was from Michigan. So that was great when they came down. It was always a great game. Then you also have the iconic Red Wings, Colorado oh, yeah. bloodbath in the, the 90s. Right and the 80, like, That's my favorite rivalry. Oh, yeah. and But you've missed out on those the last several years. So not going to lie, if it did happen... Well, I, I wouldn't be too opposed for it. Because, I wouldn't you know, be either. You'd be bringing back an intense rivalry, Red Wings versus Colorado. Yeah, and if you had to have them back, it's probably better for y'all now because they're a little bit softer. You know, they're not as uh, as a heavy hitter as they were at Detroit. So, well, you know, we've always got a spot as a permanent Preds fan for you on the table. Mm, I don't know if I can go that far. Oh, he's getting there. Don't don't give us that. That's why I said y'all are taking a, having to do the Preds podcast. It's taken away from my Detroit time. I'm having to focus on the Preds so much. Except we've been acquiring players that you love. Yeah, and then that's awesome. all of a sudden you're starting to get warmed up to the Preds as 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 time has moved along here, and we keep making trades. We we ship out all the players he doesn't like, and then we get ones that he does. So he's warming up to us a little yeah. bit more. So, well, I'll tell you one thing. Since we're going around the league news, how many times have you went parachuting? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I have never been parachuting. Have you ever been parachuting, Daniel? I have not. Well, I've gone skydiving. Yeah, close but... enough. Use a parachute. Okay, sure. <laughs> but how many times did you expect to go to a hockey game and see a parachute team drop? <laughs> um, about 50% of the time, if, especially if I'm going to a Golden Knights game. <laughs> so if you haven't heard the news, when the Golden Knights officially came around, there was some concern that they may not be able to use the name Golden Knights because that is the name of the Army's parachute team. First of all, who in the crap knows that I there's didn't. an army parachute team named the Golden Knights, and there's probably like, what, 10 like guys? 10 of them, probably, yeah. Never heard it in my life. But apparently, the army didn't really give them much talk to it, because the NHL got their way, Vegas got their name, and now I kind of find it funny that all of a sudden Vegas is doing so well that at this time, they're number one in the Western Conference. All of a sudden, the army's like, hey, you can't use our name. Halfway through the season, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's like, you should have waited. If you still had a problem, wait until after the season was over. Well, they addressed some problems, wasn't it, at the beginning when they were having to pick a team name? They couldn't be the Knights because that infringed on somebody, else, somebody else's team name, so that's why they picked Golden Knights, right? 
Right. And then now you've got the army saying, well, that infringes on our parachute team color scheme First of or all, whatever. Do you, does the um, yeah, does the army really need that money? I mean, are we hurting that bad? Like seriously, that you're gonna try to sue over because how much money is that parachute team making off of the branding Golden Knights? Yeah. They're not making anything. Like that's not even it's not even a related field, you know. They have nothing. There's no the yeah. army wouldn't never own a hockey team, so there's no need to try to franchise that name you aren't seeing golden knight parachute t-shirts yeah rolling out anytime soon that's all i'm saying like it's just it's almost weird it's what i love though was that when the army is like hey you know what we don't want you using their name i love the vegas response vegas is getting to the point where you kind of either love their people or you hate their people but i think we all agreed that their response was really good vegas said quote to the golden knights we are not aware of a single complaint from anyone intending our games that they were expecting to see the parachute team and not a professional hockey team. That says it right there. I yeah. mean, come on. Like, I'm not going to the game for that. First of all, I didn't even know that existed. I'm sure the Golden Knights fans didn't know it existed before the, uh, the Army decided to sue them. Just saying. Oh, and I did find the article oh, you really did? quick on the <laughs> proposed divisions. They had Sweet. the Smythe division, which is Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, Seattle, San Jose, L.A., Anaheim, Vegas, Golden Knights. Okay, that sounds good. That one's pretty... Uh, it's basically leaning on the Pacific already being there, so are I you, can see that one. Are you giving skepticism to the location of the teams or as far as how good the teams are in the division? Or are you just kind of looking at just all Just looking that? at the different divisions and how they want to align them right mm-hmm. now. The Norris division, which is Winnipeg, Minnesota... Chicago, Detroit, St. Louis, Dallas, Colorado, Arizona. First of all, Arizona, Screw Arizona. would get destroyed in that if they if they were bad before. Hey, it might, like, it might like toughen a, them up. That's like basically it's basically removing the predators. It is. It's removing it is. the predators, putting Arizona and Detroit in that division. Whew. Yeah, they they would get eaten alive. Next division, they call it the Adams Division, which is Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Buffalo, Boston, uh, New York Islanders, New York, New York Rangers, and New Jersey Devils. That one really makes sense because those are a yeah. lot of your metropolitan, like, up north teams right across the border. Yeah. Um, then we go down to the Patrick Division, which is Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Washington, Columbus, Carolina, Nashville, Tampa Bay, and Florida. Goodness. And once again, your top three teams in that division would be uh, Tampa Bay, Nashville, and Capitals as of this year because the Penguins don't look like they're doing too hot. So, <sighs> Good thing it's just theory. It's just theory, but it'll Give be Give us something to it'll, chew on while we had the bye week, yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely we, we went back and forth a lot on this, but that said, it'll really depend on when – Seattle's awarded their um, their franchise, and if that happens, and I'm sure once that is awarded, the talks will really ramp up, and we'll have some good content for that one. Maybe we'll get a better name. Yeah. So, because it was a bye week, we had a short list of games to go through, which is why we gave a little more uh, time to the league news. Since we last recorded, the Preds played four games. They played on January 6th against the Kings. 
which was the only win they had of that three-game Western road trip. They went 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Yeah, it was very 500, very mediocre. So we uh, pulled that one out. That was a big win, though, against the Kings because at the time the Kings were – they were fairly good. Yeah, now they they're starting. They've they're starting to slip the last couple of games. Yeah, they're on like um, a six game losing streak. Yeah, or something. it's they're they're tailing down. I want to say they actually dropped out of the top three in the division for the Pacific because I think they lost last night and I think that's what did them in. I think now Calgary. Yeah, you're right. Because Calgary's on a what seven game. Calgary's win- on a seven yep. game winning streak. So and LA's on a losing six skid. So yeah, yeah, LA dropped to fourth in the Pacific. That you're is right. crushing. I mean, they basically went from second to to fourth mm-hmm. in a week and a half. <laughs> so shows you how fast the game changes. It's crazy. So got a four three win on that. Rene posted an eight nine seven, which is decent for him. Not the best for a goaltender. Not he the usually, best. But he usually so. wants to stay above nine hundred for goaltenders, but for sure. Uh Auberg was on the first line, which is interesting. It seems like the uh coaches have been giving him a chance to shine and he just is not getting it done. He's been moving around the entire lineup, and he's been playing sometimes in Milwaukee. I know he was hot last season, but it seems like he's cooled off a bit. Yeah, we're. I mean, we're doing a lot of line shuffling right now. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about injuries here in a bit, but it's 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 not good for the Predators. It's not good league-wide right now. There's some major injuries that teams are facing, and uh, obviously with you know RB and Forsberg out right now, I hope. RB might be back for tonight's game. He practiced. Yeah. So, but that doesn't mean he'll play. Yeah, I know. That means nothing for the league. But yeah. we'll see in about four or five hours what they're what they're saying. But um yeah, I mean, it's it's been interesting seeing our line shuffling. But solid win though against the Kings overall. Looks like uh we had Yossi Turris Smith power play goal first, correct? You yeah. were correct. Yeah. Going into the next game, Preds had a homestand against the Oilers, which I actually happened to go with a friend and watch the game. Had seats on 316, uh, row A, seat one and two. <laughs> That's oddly specific, Kyle. But <laughs> well, I, I remember it because I, since I dropped my ticket package to like the 11-game pack, my seats are literally just randomly given to me. Yeah. I don't have consistent seats like the entire season. Watching the Oilers, it was kind of sad because they're a good team, but they are sucking. And McDavid seems to be the only thing that's keeping that team together. For he, sure. he uh, He's crushing it still. He is fast. Oh, yeah. He is. I don't know if he's gotten faster since last season. If I it's think possible. he may have. But my God. Like, you have to have two steps on him if you're a def- defenseman. And we were talking about this a little bit with my uh, coworker. Um, it's almost like there's other players in the league that can get up to a decent speed. Like, maybe not McDavid level, but they're maybe one one mile behind him, you know, one mile per hour behind him. But his starting speed in the first, like, two strides yeah. is ridiculous. He gets up to speed his, faster. His acceleration yeah. is much faster, and I think that's the key. It's not that his top speed is all the way, but his acceleration is more explosive. Off the line is insane. I yeah. mean, absolutely insane. It looks like people are playing it on the ice when he starts running. Watching him score that goal on Rene, not only did he have a step ahead on the defender, when he got to Rene, he freaking faked Rene out. Uh, I mean, it was a nasty goal because it looked like he was going to go like up top and somehow he flipped his wrist over to go five hole last second. But the thing is, he's able to go that fast and make those adjustments at that speed. 
it's mind-boggling. Yeah. But Peck did play really well. Oh, he, he played had that good. super great save on another fast break from yeah. McDavid. Had that breakaway yeah. in the first. Which... When that happened, the arena, you could tell the arena was holding their breath because you're oh, like, God. oh my gosh, you're like, it's McDavid versus Rene. Everyone's like, you pretty much know how this one's going to go. You see his numbers flash and you see a breakaway and you're just like, go ahead and put a one up on the board. We'll, we'll go ahead and <laughs> go ahead and get ready for the face off at center because you know it's going to be bad. But credit to Peck, he was super patient on that one. He just waited him out. As a goaltender, that's super difficult to do, especially when someone's coming in at 24 miles an hour and could get a ticket possibly in the school zone. I mean, it's. did you see the online they were taking McDavid and putting like a miles per hour, like a radar gun on him, and they were photoshopping like a street in a school zone. So, like, yeah, I mean, he would get a ticket in a school zone. He'd be 10 over. It's it's crazy how fast he is, but. And then McDavid gets a goal in the second period. Mm-hmm. And this is where the controversy strikes, because Edmonton did tie the game for about two minutes. <laughs> Just two minutes, though. And then the Preds video coach somehow pulled a wizard out of his hat, must have got some of that magic from uh, David Poyle, and said, hey, guys, there is a offsides challenge that is legit, because he, uh, they're offsides. He was off. I mean, he was off. Millimeters, though. Millimeter, but he was off. He raised his skate up. <laughs> And it was very interesting because since that cost him the game, McDavid had a really interesting quote afterwards to the media about it. He said, quote, ultimately, I feel that they should just take the rule out. Offside 45 seconds before the play, it doesn't have very much of an effect on the goal itself. I think the fans want to see offense, and if that's going to hold back offense, it's very frustrating. It's very hard to sit here and question the rule right now because it's obviously a little sensitive with it going against us. But I think it's something I hope they take out. I think Matt has some some something to say about this, but I. <laughs> I mean, we've been talking about this ever since last season, you know. I, I, here's here's one thing: if you're offsides, you're offsides, and I think this goes back to Matt saying, "What is it gaining you as an offensive player if you are ten milliseconds behind, you know, like in front of a play, and you just negated a goal? How about you wait back just a just a hair?" and not cause the offsides. This said, the league did implement the rule where if we challenge it, it was a risk for us to take that challenge. And is Nashville's it not? a team that doesn't really do this. No, I'm just saying it's, it is now a risk for us to take that challenge because if it, if we do not get it overturned, we go back. First of all, they score that goal. It's tied. And then they go on the penalty, uh, the penalty kill. And now the Oilers have a chance to score another goal before the end of the game. I think that rule helped, but I also don't even want to hear it from McDavid when the Predators get called on the same thing in the Stanley Cup Finals and end up losing a game over it. That's all I'm going to say. Like, if It's different losing a game in the regular season, but if you're getting bad calls like that, or first of all, it wasn't offside, and the replay was terrible for the one in the Finals, which blows my mind, but I don't know. It's there for a reason. Yeah. Just hang back for a second, dude. The rule was put in for a reason to, to stop coaches from challenging that all the time just to try to stop momentum and maybe get a lucky call and call the goal back. So that the whole rule was put into place to try to stop that. So that's point number one. But the, the thing that's the bigger issue to me, which is it always has been, is that 
if you're a millimeter off sides, like like you said, I've been saying it for a long time. Off is off. That doesn't that doesn't gain you anything by being just a hair too quick, but it can it has a huge downside that it gets the whole play called back. So what you need to do is have better discipline and be a half step behind your guy. Because you're if you're offside, you're offside. It's a rule for a reason. I don't care how close it was or how if the goal happened forty five seconds after they gain entry in the zone. It could have been two minutes after. I don't care. You're still offsides because you don't have the discipline to wait for the puck handler to get in the zone first. Yeah. That's a discipline problem. This is not a Nashville only problem. This is a league wide problem. Like it's not you got to hang back. That's all I got to say. And you know that there's video replay capable of looking at these things now. As a player, you have to. Yeah. And you can't be upset when you do get called back. And also, like we said, the rules in place and there are repercussions if we do not get it right. If the challenging team does not get in, get it right. In, I, I don't know. In my mind, you can't even think about that he that they scored a goal because the play was offside, so there should have been a whistle. I don't care what happens next because you're still off. Have discipline and wait a half second. Yeah, and his whole thing about uh, the fans wanting to see goals. Well, yeah, we want to see goals, but he was playing an away game. Yeah, not did, the at, fa- did the fans? <laughs> yeah, did the fans want to see a goal in that situation? Yeah, no, and not at the cost Stop of breaking it. the rules. Come like, on, McDavid, you just wanted that goal. I understand. Our fans didn't want to see a goal. That, that's like a completely flaw. He was just uh, he's upset. Obviously, they yeah. lost the game, but they're having a bad year. It's just. <laughs> I don't know. Well, speaking of goals, do you know what goal we did not see on the next game? We did not see a Vegas Golden Knights goal. We finally got the monkey off our back of the nude kids and shut them out. Yeah, we might have to drop down and talk about this a little bit more, but Soros is looking hot right now. Third shutout of the season for the NHL level. And during the bye week, because this game was played right after the bye week, he goes down to AHL and plays and gets a shutout down there as well. Smart move, by the way, from uh, Lavi to do that. So he gets some playing time in to get his mechanics all you know fired up because he's been sitting for so long. And he also technically came in for relief in the Hurricanes game and didn't have a um, I have a goal scored, <laughs> scored on against, him. against him. So he did not get a shutout in that game. But once again, ups his save percentage. I mean, now the last four times he's come in he hasn't had a a goal scored on him and you're talking almost 150 shots on goal are you kidding me I know Matt at the beginning of the season wasn't too keen on Soros but I mean even he's starting to come around we were talking about it in our group text it's it's incredible what he's doing I think one of his biggest flaws originally was Peck has a great glove hand he has one of the best glove hands in the game now Peck doesn't have a good five hole because he's so large. It's just the problem with larger goalies, they can't close up mm-hmm. quicker because they have lar- larger legs, longer wingspan. Now, from left to right post action, that's great. He can cover both posts in the splits and still cover the whole bottom of the net. Where Saros, his five hole is much more solid because he's a tinier goaltender. He can just wrap it up really quick. And you saw that in the Golden Knights game. Oh, there was yeah. two goals that I think would have gotten in on Peck. Um, there was a redirect in front, uh, a tip-in, that he he got closed up so quick, I don't know how it didn't squirt out the back. But what he has worked on, and I think he has been working on hopefully with Peck, is his glove hand. There's been times where the puck will come out in front and there's like a scramble in front of the neck. 
Peck is really good at standing tall, being a big wall, and then also finding that puck so he can glove it down. Soros has not been that good at that. Here recently, he's been fantastic. He's been controlling his rebounds. They've been coming out in front, and if it is in front, he's tracking it like perfect. He does this like little crab shimmy oh, yeah, thing no, that I don't weird understand. Watching it from the back of the goal because he's he just he's tracking it well now. And if he's having to kick out a rebound, he's making sure it's all the way into the boards and not to a player coming in from yep. the left or right wing. He's on it right now. He's dialed in and he's looking like a starting goaltender, which is crazy. But the great part is he's our backup right now, so we can get solid relief for Peck and win. I'm just saying there might Man, be some kid. That was no small win. That was like the, one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. And forty three shots against Vegas, who's the number one in the West, I think. He also had a shutout against the Oilers. He also has a shutout against the uh the Wild. These these aren't cup, no small th- task. these aren't cupcake uh goal scoring teams. Like it'd be different if it I don't know Coyotes. Well, no, you can't say that because we suck against the Coyotes, apparently. <laughs> that fierce rival. <laughs> I just don't understand the Coyotes for us. It's just like a mental block. We suck against terrible teams, and then we win against the better teams. Well, I think a lot because but, of the fact that we don't take it really seriously against sucky teams. Buffalo, Arizona, for example, the two worst teams in the league. Are you really going to go into their barn or have them come to you and go, you know what, guys, we really need to try hard against this team. We really need to step it up. Uh, well, they need to because it's apparent that we've been sucking against them. But that said, Soros had monster games against top-quality opponents. He's played super well against uh, Central Division teams. He got a win against Dallas, too, Now uh, and also the shutout against Minnesota. You know, it's going to be interesting come playoffs where we're at and also how Lavi wants to mix it in because I know last year we rode Peck hard last year in the playoffs because Peck got hot. And, and he wanted the play, and he yeah. he was fine. And our travel was less last year because we didn't freaking have to go to the Pacific. It just made sense for us to play Peck. But this year, we got a good backup option. And I'm just saying, you might see Sorrow start one or two games in the playoffs. We'll see. Depends on how far we get. But but that said, I, I really expect to see him a couple times because he's earned it. He he's shown Definitely. that he's earned it. Like, and he if he keeps playing this hot. It's going to be interesting to see how Lavi wants to split up the goaltenders for the second half of the season. Yeah, I kind of wish you'd played him for the Arizona Coyotes because <laughs> maybe we could have done a little better and not have to go to a shootout against the Coyotes. And probably one of the most boring games I've watched it's, for the Preds as a whole. It's hilarious because you guys had just played Vegas, who was the best team in the West, and then you're going to the Coyotes, who's the worst team, you know? Well, guess what? You know, it's funny. Vegas they were both went, tight games. No, Vegas went to – so we beat Vegas. They go to Tampa Bay – they beat the Lightning, Four and then they one. lose last night to the Panthers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that just goes to show you, you can lose to anybody in this league. Yep. I don't care who it is. You better freaking strap up your boot straps and get it done because it's du- <laughs> it's dumb. Why are the best? Why are the best teams like? It's just a mental thing. It's got to be a mental thing. Nashville does it. Apparently, the Golden Knights do it as well. It's just Oilers do it against Nashville. Dude, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, talk about Arizona. Goals for the Arizona game. No goals in the first. Shots on goal with over 39-29 in favor of the Preds. Hartnell picks up the first goal with an assist by Ellis, who is looking fantastic, by the way. This is also a game where we did not have Arvey again. 
So he practiced today. This is on Saturday when they play the Panthers, so he might play tonight. Then Arizona, OEL gets one with <sighs> yeah with That's new member Panic. Panic, yeah. Because, Panic got a good game. Because though. Duclair got shipped off Chicago, and they gave Panic and shed his contract. Panic then gets a, picks up a second assist in the third with Perlini. Dude, first of all, that was a beauty, bro. That backhand was it was very good. Nasty. I that watched it and I was like, impressive. I was like, okay, I like that. I mean, granted, a lot of that's just luck throwing it at the net. But that that said, that is a nasty back. There's no telegraphing it either. So as yeah. a goaltender, you just eat it. Like you just you got to accept that that was a good placement, good shot. Yeah. Nobody's faulting the goaltender. That was that was a great shot. You know shot. who I am faulting though, Matt. <laughs> Let me guess. Emelin, because <laughs> that joker looked like a traffic cone glued to the ice on that play. For the first time almost ever, he decides he wants to step up and try to intercept the puck, which he never does. He's always stay home, which is fine. There's plenty of times he could probably step up and get the puck. But <laughs> plenty he, of times he could probably stay home too. <laughs> but this time, of course, he jumps up to bite on the puck. And he gets bit hard, and like he was going forward, and then he was trying to come back. There was no momentum. Oh my god, he looked he he literally looked glued to the ice. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> it's a traffic cone out there, man. Traffic I'm glad it's cone. just not me hating on him today. But like uh, like Kyle was saying, Ellis. So I will tell you this: when this happened, I had turned the game off, and I was in the shower because <laughs> Kyle said we're done. Oh, you were like that, Kyle? Yeah, I was so bored got, of this game. Hey, no, no, no. The third period got interesting. When we finally went down, that's when I'm like, this is a good game now. We need to fight back and show how much character we have because this is we're playing at Bridgestone. Come on. We don't we don't typically lose at Bridgestone. And it's the Arizona Coyotes, for crying out loud. You make one bad defensive mood and we're down. It's been a boring game thus far. We immediately get a power play which helped, and they started icing the puck like a mug. I it was know. like every – how do you know? You were in the shower. You were watching the game. <laughs> I'm just going off your words. Oh, yeah. Well, I could be just telling you a bunch of lies, Kyle. That's okay. Anyway. That's, how, that's how tired I was of this game. So I get out of the shower, and I get a message from our group, and they're like, oh, my God, Ellis just tied the game. Yeah, I was it, like, what? But it so was, I immediately pulled Twitter up, and I was like, oh, my gosh, he did it. So I finished the game from Twitter because I was just, like – just Twitter. In your PJs. I did. I was in bed. And so we get to the shootout. Terrace gets a goal. Of course he and does. It looks so good, too, in the shootout. He just he does one move, freezes the goaltender, and yeah. picks his spot. He's He's been by far our best uh, acquisition for shootouts this year. I had to watch that goal a few times on replay because he does this. He did this thing where he like flips his his stick like he's going backhand and it kind of turns it around and makes you kind of yeah and question it freezes what you're doing. Well, yeah. he freezes and he drops one way and he gets the goaltender to just do one move and once he gets that one move picks a spot yeah, it was it was a great goal posting in man he looked good Whew. Arizona then picks up their shootout goal from Cousins and then Smith said you know what screw you we're ending this and Crazy Lake Smith gets a shootout goal and wins the game. It makes up for that crossbar hitting the OT. Dude, first of all, we probably could have scored five goals that game. Fiala could have had a hat trick. He hit like three posts. He was snake bit. Yeah, it, it was bad. And that's I did why watch it, that first two seasons, not season, first two periods. Seasons. That's and a long I was time. just like, I was like, come on. I was like, Fiala, you're right there. 
the game was boring because of that reason. We just couldn't capitalize. And it was one of those, we kept hitting the post, kept hitting the post. It kept getting more frustrating and frustrating. And as you get more frustrated, nothing just wants to go in. And Smith looked like he was possessed in OT. I, I think he had the puck for like two minutes of OT. Like he, he was on the ice for like an entire minute and a half. They had a face-off and he went off to rest. And as soon as we won the face-off, he came back out on the ice again. Because, I mean, Lavi was like, you, go. Like, he was killing it in OT. Yeah. Arizona didn't have possession hardly at all, which is crazy because last year we sucked at OT. And like I said earlier in the podcast, our OT's gotten so much better. I mean, infinitely better this year. Thank God we got there. And Ellis, let's just say Ellis has been Bearded awesome. wonder, love it, he's back. That pass he had to, uh, who was that? Oh, it was. Uh, I'm sorry. It was Hartnell. He had that great up ice pass to the, Hartnell. To Hartnell, and then Hartnell made that power move, baby. Yeah, yeah that was that awesome. was awesome. <laughs> but man, I credit Ellis with that. Man, that was a great vision up ice. That was incredible. And then pass. how about that vintage Ellis slap shot for the tying goal? That we haven't seen it all year. That was the first time we actually saw yeah. the bearded wonder at the point, and it came back around. And as soon as I saw it was Ellis, I'm like, he's taking the shot, like. <laughs> especially at the point because that's like his favorite spot but uh, I mean he just ripped it and defensively we've become way more solid uh, our goals against have gone way down since he's come back which has been needed because Forsberg and Arvidsson's out so basically our offense is like a desert right now we're scoring like two goals a game but we're still winning we're in the OG predator mode here <laughs> which is strictly defense and scoring two goals maybe three a game and still winning which is fine but that means now once we get rv and forsberg back and we start getting our offensive numbers up and we can keep that defense i'm pretty happy ellis has just looked so defensively strong golden knights he was everywhere blocking shots cross i mean sticks in the in the path of uh passing it's it just he looks great well, you mentioned uh, some of those injuries we've had. If you want to take a look around the league at some of these other uh, interesting injuries, some of the big names, not only has the Jofa line been seeing some injuries, but if you take a look around the league, um, Corey Crawford has been out for weeks, and they say indefinitely, perhaps the rest of the season, what we had thought was vertigo symptoms. Um, their GM came out and said that it is post-concussion syndrome, whatever which basically what, means what, his, so, his yeah. season could be his season and career could possibly be over. Yeah, I'm not a medical professional, but is aren't those similar to vertigo? I guess I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's a necessary clarification. I'm going to WebMD this right now. What is it? WebMD. It's going to simply say death. <laughs> yeah. You also see that uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is out five to six weeks or so. Uh, they're saying some ribs injuries, possibly broken rib, maybe. I see that was undisclosed, but some rumors are going around that might be what it is. They're done, bro. Yeah, another thing uh, that's not happening is uh, Shattenkirk anytime soon. He is out for torn meniscus, having surgery for that. So he's going to be out for s- some time with that as well. And uh, did you also see that this big hit that uh, Dustin Brown gave the other day? Oh, yeah. Right While the, the guy was falling oh down my into God. the boards. He only got 10000 He it. only got fined. He got no suspension. Everybody, Twitter is aflame about that because uh, like a couple days before that, uh, Cogliano 
uh, got suspended, and uh, he's a first-time offender. That's the first time he's ever got suspended. So you generally have more leniency on the f- people who've never got suspended before. And uh, not only that, but that broke his Ironman streak of so many hundreds of games played. 800-something games. Yeah. but So that guy gets suspended, and he's a first. He's never got suspended before. But Dustin Brown, who has been suspended, gets just a fine and no games. Are you kidding me? Everybody's crying. They need a new uh, guy in the safety committee and all they this. They need consistency. <sighs> And they that, don't yeah, give it for sure consistency. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 all over the board right now. I don't really know if they have like a standard for they don't. assessing these things. It's more like look at a video. Hmm, okay, ten thousand seems right. Two games seems right. I don't know. Uh, yeah, also, by the way, I looked up the uh, signs and symptoms of post concussion <laughs> syndrome. It kind of sounds like vertigo, nausea, drowsiness, mostly cure with acute. Uh, a cure acutely following concussion, but you also have headache and dizziness occurring immediately after the injury. Uh, but the effects can be long-lasting. So apparently it's some sort of dizziness that he's battling. That's why they were assuming it was vertigo at first. I don't know. Well, apparently that's the second time in his career he's been battling that. But uh, on a little bit of a happier note, more interesting, James Neal becomes the sixth active player to score 20 goals in his first 10 seasons. That's awesome. So that's pretty good, good for news. Him. And he joined the company of Ovechkin, Kane, Taves, Vanek, and Yager, the current six that's players. Pretty good company. Yeah. That's I mean, that's Hall of Fame company. Mm-hmm. So just saying. Good job for Neil. Definitely. And speaking of those players, that leads us into our top five for the week. So our top five is we try to have a little more fun, you know, taking something we've never really done before. We okay. made our own top five line combination, minus the goalie. Mm-hmm. This is going to be interesting. So. Yeah, I'm torn in so many ways. <laughs> Matt hey, probably still hasn't made a enough decision. about this. Yeah. Before the show, Matt's like writing down all the players, and he's like, maybe this one, slash, maybe this player, slash, yeah, maybe this. I one. still, yeah. I finally just had to pick because there, you, you can make I the arg- you can make the argument for like two or three players in each position. Yeah. I mean, the league is so stacked right now, so it's going to be interesting to see who we ended up picking, though. So who are we starting with, Kyle? What, Start with position? me. Start with left wing. Left wing. Okay. Let me... Okay, got All it. All right, I got this answer go. for right. you okay, already. You know who it is. <laughs> I already know <laughs> who, who it is. <laughs> left wing for me would be Alexander Ovechkin because... Shocker. <laughs> this, he has had seven 50-plus goal seasons in 13 seasons. And he's had four seasons where he's been over 100 points total. Man is a beast. Yeah. Sets up shop on that, mean, left, on that left circle. Wide open. You're done. Why, yeah, I don't <laughs> understand that. I mean, dude, he's got 50 points this year. It's crazy how good he is. He's got no sign of slowing down. So, yeah. Out of the gate, Alex Ovechkin. I mean, we, I gotcha. we couldn't really. I can't fault you. That's, that's fault right up you. your alley, too. He's a great player. All right. So, my left wing. And I, I almost hate to say this. Oh, this is going to be good. I, I, I'm going to enjoy this. I hate to say this because I hate him. I like how you're looking right at Matt in the eyes when you say this. <laughs> it's Brad Marchand. Yeah, that's what I'm talking it's about, It's Brad Marchand baby. because he might be the worst player in the league as far as moral-wise because if you shove a stick up my crotch, I will probably just cleave your face off. But that said... He gets his results in front of the net. That dude goes to the net. He pounds away. He's going to get his points. And he's that down and dirty player that you need on a line. I hate him, though. I mean, morally, don't do half the crap. 
you do, okay? Some of it is unnecessary, like the crotch yeah. checks, okay? That doesn't give you an advantage at all. That's just being, you know, a douche, okay? I could, there's plenty of other substitute <laughs> words, but that said, crazy results. I mean, where, where is he at this year as far as points? Let me, he's got 46 points. His plus minus on the ice is 20, plus 20. So his line's kicking butt right now. And also that goes with the Bruins, how hot they've been here recently. Man, they've they've been kicking butt. So Brad Marchand, he's got to be on there right now. They're a hot team. He's hot. He's awesome, but dude. But I just, morally, he sucks. I, uh, I'm i glad you put him on there because he needs some love because he is, he is great. Did you put him on there? No. I didn't put him on myself because I have to stick with my personal sticks of my pick is going to be Artemi Panarin. Because I knew you everybody knows <laughs> I love the Russians, so I will take them every day of the week. He's got. I'm going to guess his other side too. <laughs> so go ahead. So yeah, there's so many people I could stick in the spot. Of course, the way the Russians handle the puck, the way they're razzle dazzle, razzle dazzle, has to be the bread man for me. Got some, some bread hands man. in there too. Mm-hmm. He's going to Panera Bread afterwards. Yep. <laughs> oh, man, goodness. why have they not done a commercial? I mean, like seriously. They're missing some great product placement with that, but yeah, I d- I do like Panarin, so I figured that was probably gonna be. A he choice. could, uh, you know, I could probably slot about five guys who are probably better at that wing position than he is, but you know, I got to go with me, and that's who I want on my team. So, well, speaking to me, we'll flip out the centers, dude. I'm torn at center. That's all so, I'm gonna say. My center is kind of like you with your winger. This is just who I like. Yeah, he's a new player to our team recently. He's a local boy. I pick Kyle Turris. Yeah, wow, that's what I'm talking that's about. That's a good one. Good choice. That's a good choice. I like that. He's a, he's quickly become a fan favorite of everybody, and my all-time favorite player is Philip Forsberg. Oh my god! But the more I watch <laughs> his oh. all-time, <laughs> the more I watch Turris play. That's more, not a center, by the way. <laughs> Just the more I like watching him play. He's so good. He's such a good center. He facilitates. He makes whoever he plays with better. You know, you had Smith and Fiala who were not doing well. He gets on their line. All of a sudden, he's feeding them pucks, getting them set up for shots. And now you see that Smith is exploding. Y'all is exploding. Turris is awesome. So, yeah, I will. And the fact that he flipped me a puck at the (laughs) Dallas game for the sign, definitely making my top five. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. Just then, Mm -hmm. Arvidsson activated from IR. Heck so yeah. he will be back tonight. That is huge for us. And Goudreau got sent back down to Milwaukee. No shocker. Yeah. Well, he's been, but he's done well coming up and playing in our times of need this year. He's been like a yo-yo. So, all right, center. Who you got? I, I, okay. The easy pick in this is Connor McDavid, but I did not pick. I did not pick Connor McDavid, and I'm I'm going to tell you why. For me, as a center, I feel like assists and passing needs to be more your game. I think I know who you picked. Um, yeah, it's up there. Connor, I, I will say this now. As I say this, Connor has upped his assist game this year. Last year, not so much. More goal-based. But I'm going to go with someone who might not get as much recognition, but I think very good, and that is Steven Stamkos. Yeah. That's Let's just say about. that combo in Tampa Bay right now of him and Kucherov, king of butt. And a lot of that, I'm thinking of Stamkos, because guess what? Guess what team 
uh, uh, didn't make the playoffs last year because Stamkos was out. Right. And guess what team is number one in the league right now because Stamkos is in and kick him butt. That line looks freaking good. They have, okay, first of all, he's got 53 points. Second among centers. He has 36 assists, 17 goals, and his plus-minus is plus 15 right now on the ice. They speak for themselves. Connor McDavid, on the other hand, granted, he doesn't have the the line to go with him. His plus-minus is 10, very good, but they're almost identical this year. That's saying something because most people would just instantly pick Connor McDavid and say, oh, he's way better. Um, I think as a goal scorer, yes. I think as a... An assist person or as a, a true center, Stamkos. The argument can go both ways, but I I, I love both of them. Yeah, I mean I'm, Connor's so fast. It's just I'm really all close. about giving Stamkos some love since he's been hurt so much and really deserves more recognition than he gets. I always said I put him and Ovechkin in the same category. I've always thought that, but since Stamkos is hurt so much, he doesn't quite uh, have as much production. Yeah, the centers was so tough for me. Like I said, I, I picked Stamkos probably a close second, McDavid followed by. A very close Malkin at third. I mean, a lot that, of good that's, options. That's another person who gets overshadowed by Sidney Crosby, and who's arguably way better. I think he has a better shot than Crosby. Heck, yeah. heck, if I know anything, man. Everyone's sipping the Crosby juice. So. Yeah. What I love about this top five is I love hockey. I don't prescribe to any one team. I just love hockey. I love all the teams. There's I love all the players. There's so many good players right so now. So I could just rant about how much I love, gush about every one of these players. They're just awesome. Well, who'd you gush so much to make your make your center? So my center, this was Uh-oh. tough for me as well. Uh-oh. I think I might have mentioned him. I, I had to go my third string, who I wrote three answers. I got to go to my third string answer. My first well, not my first answer, but the guy who I would want to pick, but honorable mention, my favorite player in the league right now. God, you've just jumped to three different yeah. topics right now. You're so excited. I'm all over the place. You're so excited. My favorite player is Jumbo Joe Thornton. Yes. But, but he's not. But he's not my yeah, pick. I get it. I get it. You know who's not my pick because everybody's drinking the McDavid Kool-Aid. That's it is not I McDavid. Just, yeah, it's not McDavid. Did you pick Crosby? No, I would no. not pick Crosby. But instead, I picked his better counterpart, and the Russian, Evgeny Malkin. I called it. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) That's right. Evgeny Malkin long lived in the shadows of Sidney Crosby, but uh, he overshadowed Sidney Crosby, in my opinion. And he's Russian, so (laughs) has to be my pick. I guess (laughs) he's going all Russians, baby. (laughs) I wonder who's right winger is going to be. Speaking of right wingers, that gets over to mine. Kind of another fan favorite. Everybody knows him. Everybody loves to hate him. The real deal, James Neal. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Why? Because he has become the face of the Vegas franchise. Him and Fleury make that franchise. For sure. And looking at his stats, he's already got 31 points for the season. 20 goals, 11 assists. And he's on pace to match his last two seasons with the Preds when he had 58 points and 41 points at the same. Yeah, I mean, he he is most, well, him and... Interesting Marshall pick Sar- right there. Yeah. They have um, really stepped up as far as the offense for that team, and they needed it. <laughs> but now that Flurry's back, psh, they got great defense to go with it. So that's why the Golden Knights are kicking butt, man. Their defense is actually pretty solid. And so. it once again shows that in the expansion era, how, my, how many good players are either buried down the lines or buried in the AHL because they can't get the cap space. There's so much good talent just across the board. Looking, Just making this line was so difficult because you you could argue four to five players in each yeah. position. 
for whatever particular reason, or one player might just be a little better at sharp you know, sharp shooting, and one might be better at pat. It's just it's really fine lines here for these. Definitely no, pun intended. Well, fine lines. Fine lines. Yep. What's your right line? My right line. All right. This was this was tough because a lot of people right now, if you go with the hot person, it's Kucherov for sure. But I argue a lot of this is Stamkos as well helping him. Yeah, so no doubt. if you're just going by pure talent on the team, not helped by like an incredible all-star center, I'm going to go with Vladimir Tarasenko. My boy. Vladimir Dude, Tarasenko. I'm glad because, somebody picked him because I was he's got would. a killer, killer shot. Tolvanen-esque is... First of all, I was... Well, no, Tolvanen is yeah, Tarasenko-esque. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I know. But it was funny because we were watching the uh, draft video for Tolvanen, and they were saying oh, how um, he's definitely yeah. mimicked his shot after Tarasenko. Um, but Can you blame him? No. I mean, it's it's gorgeous. Every time he has the puck, it scares you because like when he starts car- carving in on the right-hand side, you're just like, oh, God. Like, he can snipe it. So, uh, he first of all, he's plus-minus 18 on the ice this year. Uh he has 45 points and 20 goals, 25 assists. So he's very much a balanced player. So he's not looking to take the shot all the time. But granted, if I was the coach, I'm wanting him to take the shot because yeah. if <laughs> his release is just incredible. But there was plenty of other honorable mentions. Like I said, Kucherov would probably be the hot one, probably affected by Stamkos. As much as I hate to say it, holy crap, Phil Kessel, what is He's going on? He's awesome this year. I like yeah. Tubbs. Well, and last year. Since, just, pretty much since becoming a Penguins player, he's been on fire. Yeah. He's just sat in front of the net. and Eat just, hot dogs. He just eat hot dogs and <laughs> score goals. That, that's all he does. He just mm. – I, I don't get it. But, he. I mean, God, he's at, he's at 54 points this year. But – my pick, Vladimir Tarasenko, another Russian. I figure there'd be no qualms there. Yeah, I which gotcha. I have a I have a feeling there might be something uh, popping up on Matt's list from right right wing. Right from well, Russia. <laughs> yeah, in <It's>, fact, <laughs> my right wing, uh, my first, uh, my front line, uh, left wing, center, and right wing. I'm going to round it out all Russians. Um, I in fact thought about going so Russian that I was going to reach. I almost reached no, into the KHL no, and got out my boy no Tolvanen, but. I instead decided to reel it back to the NHL and get Tarasenko. I'm not going to lie. I actually thought about picking Tolvanen, but because he has no NHL experience, yeah. I omitted him. Yeah. But if you look at um, a comparison, who did he pass this year in the KHL for for most points by an 18-year-old? Uh, I don't remember, actually. Capitals player? Kuznetsov. 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 Yeah, that's Who's right. kicking butt this year, yeah. too. He's got about 40-something points. Yeah. So if you're looking at... Apples to apples there. Yep. I'm just saying. Yeah, he'd be on my dream team because I, I'm a big fan of him. But uh, First of all, he's not sakes, Russian. But. Well, yeah. Well, for sakes of simplicity, I just went with the classic Tarasenko of for their all Russians. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, you're talking about Washington. Went over to the Capitals team and said, neither, neither one of your players. I'm going to give you another Martin Martin Erat for Forsberg trade. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's rough. So... I picked a lesser-known defenseman of John Carlson. Wow. Okay. That's a surprising pick for me. Yeah. 
Well, I figured, you know, everyone knows the really popular demon. And I started looking through, um, you know, like Ellis and Yossi, for example. Everybody knows who they are. And everybody knows Carlson and stuff like that. So I wanted to get somebody you know, who really doesn't get a lot of time. And that was uh, John Carlson. He's a very active demon on the rush. I was looking at some highlights of him before we uh, did this. I noticed that he is very active as soon as the rush goes. He almost always either puts himself on the circle or he's always flying down to the play on the net. And there are several goals of him where he literally is rushing down, goaltender, kicks rebound out, open net. Carlson's right there to get it in every time. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, in the league that's getting fast and you need those offensive defensemen, he fits that perfectly. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's that's a good pick, um, Just, especially considering your love for the Capitals. So, yeah, <laughs> for Kyle, that's that's a good pick. But. So, who's your defenseman? Oh, okay. Did, as hard as it was to pick on the other positions, I think the defensemen might have been even more difficult. I'm going to say right now a consolation prize for Brent Burns. Didn't make the list. Yeah, but do love the beard and everything. So the first one I'm going to go with. And it's funny because he's further down on the list than I thought he would be as far as stat-wise. This dude is... He, he's got chronic back problems from carrying the team. And it is Eric Carlson. Yeah, no doubt. He single-handedly got them to the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I mean, he was tearing it up. But I, I'm just going to say the the whole team's letting him down right now. It was basically Duchesne, last season. Duchesne as well. It was basically last season, Eric Carlson versus the world. Yeah. yeah. But that said, he's an incredible two-way defenseman. He's got a great shot and great hair to go with it. Oh, stash, the hair thing not again. so much. That flow Not, the stash, not the stash. It's no. a little wispy, but uh, he should probably shave that off. I'm just glad we're out of the Movember where everybody oh has those crappy God. mustaches. Chris Mason, let's not get started on some of his... Uh, his designs in yeah. his beard, which I'm gonna put in air quotes because yeah. they were interesting. One of them, one night he looked like a saber toothed tiger, <laughs> and I'm like, you, "Did you do that on purpose, bro?" <laughs> That's my first defensive choice. What's your? I went with an old favorite here. Probably my. F- He's not the best anymore, but my favorite defenseman has been for years is Duncan Keith. So wow. that's going to be my choice. He's a little bit farther down the that list. That is further down the He's list. He's been a little <laughs> surpassed in the last few years, but he has been a standby for so long. And But in his prime, one of the best. Yep. He's the face of the Chicago franchise. Yeah. So that's been a standby. I could have picked the hot new pick, but uh, I went with the old standby because I respect defensemen, and I like the guys that have been doing it for a long time. So, Well, my second defenseman actually wraps back around the Daniel. I picked Eric Carlson. Shocker. Yeah. I mean – if you think about outstanding two-way def- defenders in the league right now, he's at the top. I, I mean, he is. So Yeah. I mean, he's just watching his highlights. He's, his goal scoring is just a thing of beauty. Yeah. And Great he can, defensive play. Yeah, he can easy, stay at easily, home, too. Easily poke checks pucks away. Doesn't have a problem checking to get the puck out. And then that shot. Doesn't matter where. He can pick wherever he wants, and he's scoring. Yeah. he He has an excellent shot for a defenseman, which... I don't know. I think it's hard to pick a favorite position on the ice that's been kicking butt over the last couple of years, but defensemen have like gone way up because you're starting to see that two-way yeah, exactly. that two-way game where the league is transitioning to a faster 
you need to transition quicker. So naturally, defensemen have started getting quicker and have become better goal scorers and better assists. I mean, like Ellis. and uh, It's just been incredible to watch the transition of defensemen over the last several years. And the teams that are winning more have better two-way defensemen. Yeah, my style of hockey is going by the wayside in the next 10 years. There's not going to be any stay-at-home defensemen. Uh, yeah. Not any stay-at-home defensemen, but I do like um, that we're reverting to more people in front of the net too. Yeah. That has nice. that has something that's come back. So we're yeah. we're getting faster, but we're also putting someone in front of the net. The Predators have done that a lot this year. That has helped. Scott Hartnell. I think that's one of the biggest reasons why we yeah. got him. So So what's your uh, last defenseman? All right. Last defenseman. I'm gonna come locally. Why you why are you frowning? <laughs> that's that's some of the easy answers, but let's the hear easy, let's hear who it is. Easy I'm gonna be interested in who your pick is for one. It's not Yossi. He picked Good. Emelin. It's not. It's <laughs> darn sure not Emelin. It's PK Subban. Thank you. Thank because, God for not because, picking Yossi. Because I'm not going to go with the captain. I'm going to go with the best player. Thank you. Because PK is the best defender on our team. I'm sorry. Like, that's going to be, like, not popular. But let's look at the playoffs last year where he shut down some of the best players in the league for the entire playoffs. But then on top of it, this year, he's coming out and kicking butt with assists. You're seeing him pass much better. He's had several fake shots that he's ended up passing off. Yeah, that's a common move of his. To, yeah. to get a better shot for another player. Yeah. So uh, that said, his offensive production has gone up. I mean, you're looking at he has 33 points this year. 24 assists and 9 goals. He might not be getting the goals that he was used to in Canada where he was taking a ton of slappers, but his shot is so big that as a defenseman, he gets up at the point, he can still stay at the blue line, have a monster slap shot, and our team knows, our left and right wingers know that there's going to be a big rebound. So what we've been doing is we've been putting players in front of the net and or on left or Mm right-hand side. So when the goalie kicks it back out, there's been plenty of goals that have gone in because of a massive kickoff because of his slap shot. It's incredible. He's a great two-way defenseman, like Carlson. And his defensive game has only gotten that much stronger since coming to Nashville and getting in a solid defensive core, too. We're known for our defensemen. We had Seth Jones. It's crazy that we have all these great defensemen. Seth Jones is also in the top. He's 11th as far as stat-wise. We have all these incredible defensemen, and we had to get rid of one to get more centers because we, we just have so much defensive depth. Gerard, I mean, he's kicking butt in Colorado right now. So it's it's incredible what we can do in Nashville defensively. Um, but that said, that system has only helped him out and become a better, um, I would argue, stay-at-home defenseman because he, he used to be more flashy, where now PK can stay back and still be defensively super solid, get the poke checks in, block the man if he's needed, but then he can turn around and pass it down the ice with a great stretch pass or in return have an incredible slap shot, which generates offense on the other end. Well, that takes me to my last pick for defensemen, and everybody knows I love defensemen. I could, I want to just name 20 people because I love defensemen. There's so many people that are getting thrown under the – like uh, just left behind. Petrangelo. Top two, top two or three here. Dowdy. I mean, there's so many good Another ones. Another two of my personal favorites that nobody has mentioned yet that I'll give honorable mention to is Victor Hedman and Chris Letang. Chris Letang in Pittsburgh, man. Awesome. He's, he's awesome. But I had to take, as a self-proclaimed lover of defensemen, it is my respected duty to pick my boy, 
Eric Carlson, who he's by on God, all of our, he's on all of our lines. He better be getting a good contract next year, and I hope he leaves Ottawa. I don't think Ottawa can afford to lose him. They're shopping around, but right uh, he needs to get out of there and go to a team that doesn't suck. But uh, yeah, uh, Eric Carlson, the standby, the best defenseman in the league for the last couple. He was of years. on all of our our lines. The for only a player that we all three picked. That we all three picked. Yeah. So There's, I had to close it out with a solid choice. I mean, I'm not going to vote you on that one. He is the best. He is the best currently right now. Eric Carlson. So, yeah. High fives all around for everybody. Yay. Slap, 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 slap. Well, Daniel, what games we got coming up? All right, we got a couple coming up. We have a, a game tonight, which we might watch. Uh, that's against the Florida Panthers at 7 p.m. Because we have this incredible homestand that we've opened up. Uh, the next game against the league-leading Tampa Bay Lightning at home on Tuesday, the 23rd. Definitely, definitely going to be one you want to watch. I mean, it's just going to be an incredible game. Uh, Finally, we're going to have an away game against the New Jersey Devils on the 25th. Uh, We get a little bit of a reprieve uh, for the All-Star break, I believe. Yes. What day is that? That is is the 26th, 27th, I think, are the game. Or it's the 27th, 28th. Anyway, 27th, 28th, All-Star games. Then we're going to go, you'll actually get to see uh, Lavi. Uh, PK and and Pekka actually, yeah. so we have three people from our team that will be represented in the Central Division. Um, then we're gonna come out of the break against Chicago at home. Another very critical game. That's a four point swing for Chicago, so they're really needing that one. Then we're gonna have LA and New York at home on the first and the third, and that finally ends our homestand. It's seven uh, out of seven games; six of them are at home. And I'm at least going to try to be at the Chicago game. Incredible. We'll see if I get to go or not. Hopefully work isn't that bad, and I can actually get work done. Yeah, we've, the game. We've, been, we've been kicking butt at work <laughs> recently, all, all three of us, so it's been nice to kind of take a reprieve. Hopefully that'll die down towards the end of January, and uh, we can start focusing on hockey in the last couple months because basically we have February, March, and then one week in April. And then it's playoff and then time. It's playoff, the best time of the year, <laughs> playoff <laughs> hockey. If you just like hockey – you can just turn it on and watch hockey all night. And it's like the best teams in the league and the best players and the hottest players right now. So, And if you make it to the summer, there's nothing like wearing a hockey jersey in 90-degree weather and sweat. Dude, it's, it was hot this year, too, going to the arena. We basically have our jerseys and hoodies and everything like in our hands and then get dressed at the arena because we're just not used to summer hockey in uh tennessee so (laughs) it was definitely an experience so guys that's the show if you like us you can find music city gold on twitter at music city gold i've got a twitter at kyle hancock daniel's got one at c dan drum and matt's got one at matt bain 31 this has been music city gold part of the penalty box radio network you guys have a great week and we'll see you on the ice